Ever wondered what the creative process is behind the films, TV shows and theatre productions you watch? Well, Crew Chats is a new podcast going behind the scenes and chatting to the crew that help make these productions. I'm Poonam and I usually work in the costume department. Whenever I tell people what I do, they're always fascinated. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to hear more from the wonderful people who work behind the scenes to make the films and shows we all love? So my very first guest is Pasha Hannaway, who has been working in the film industry since 2011 in various departments, whether reproduction, assistant directing, coordinating, amongst others. All sorts of budgets and lengths of jobs. Prior to this, Pasha worked as a temp in HR and prior to this, worked with young offenders in a special educational needs school. Now, Pasha, we met back in 2017 on Aladdin. It did very well. It did very well. It did do very well. I should have known if it did very well, but for us, it was My niece liked it. She's four and I feel like that's the target audience. So, boom. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought, this is fun. I did. I did. I mean, I was, I really, yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, can I say this? Shouldn't say it. Will say it. Didn't like his hair. Didn't like the fact Aladdin had stubble. Because for me, that was just, I don't know. It wasn't Disney enough. But then I, I really enjoyed it. I think what they did with it was great. And I think it looks brilliant, actually. Oh, Seeing as it was shot in Surrey. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, that's true. All of it. Mo- <sighs> except for the Desert Yeah, exactly. Surrey. Yeah, and if you saw where we were filming, you would not think at all the parade no. prince Ali parade was where it was because oh yeah it was pretty grim let's just say um and that red mud just went on everything yeah i actually i really enjoyed working on that film as well mm-hmm. i made friends with you so that oh, was good exactly if nothing else that is enough and i feel like our friendship has developed through our mutual love of gifts it's so true the weirder the better yeah uh, yes my favorite gift so far is the cow pole dancing with the others <laughs> flying everywhere which i think i send oh, you every week <laughs> that one is really good she's cheeky i bet she makes a lot of money on that pole but my favorite is the um kermit whining oh that that yes just the, the kermit body roll just joyous it's too much i i've sent it to quite a few people since you've sent it to me actually as good. well um so we're going to talk about your job and mm-hmm. I met you as a assistant coordinator on Aladdin but you've done loads of other things so if you talk about let me know tell me a little bit about coordinating because I feel like it's something that not anyone who's not in the industry is going to know about. Mm-hmm. I mean with coordinating especially in the costume department it kind of depends on what your supervisor wants to do so I work directly for the costume supervisor and each supervisor that I've worked with essentially uses me for different things. So, but it is essentially overseeing all of the different departments, which then lie within the costume department. So you've got your team, which is the jewelry team, which is one of the best. And then you've got all the makers who work within the building with you, different teams. And then you've got everything that's been manufactured abroad and then you've got people who buy things and you have to oversee all of it and a lot of the time you're kind of cost tracking so you get a budget everyone wants to spend all their money (laughs) is that budget set by the supervisor isn't it and then they would so so the supervisor puts in the budget there's an overall budget and then there's one for labor and then there's one for basically what you see on screen so all the buying of everything, all the 
makes from abroad. Shipping we don't pay for, honey. No, 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 production pay. So the supervisor puts it in and normally the line producer would be like, no, it's too much money. So normally <laughs> you'd get about 3% of the whole budget would be oh, the, wow. the costume budget of the whole film. That's Whereas tiny, on, isn't it? It is, it is tiny. Considering is really you see tiny. it, that is probably one of the bigger yeah. things you see yeah. on screen. Oh, absolutely. Whereas, but where, but the most recent one we've done more than that. But that's because it's a costume drama. So yeah. you have to put your money where your mouth is. Well, I guess yeah. For big period dramas, the costume is mm-hmm. such a big focus. Um, a lot of your job is also people managing, isn't it? In a indirect, <laughs> weird way, coordinating people yes. and keeping some people happy and sort of telling some people what's what. Absolutely. I'm kind of like the go-between for the costume department and the production department, who obviously have the yes and the no's. And also with a costume supervisor, they're here, they're everywhere, really busy. So if people want to speak to the supervisor, I'm the kind of go-to. I'm like the gatekeeper, um, which sometimes is great and other times is a bit of a challenge because you obviously, within the film industry, the kind of characters you come across nobody's up for a mainstream job so nobody's a mainstream person you know no that's very true we are all interesting characters let's just say if we don't mind saying so our damn selves we are talking about ourselves that are we are included in that as well to be fair (laughs) oh absolutely (laughs) like if you if you don't like people don't do my job if you don't find people interesting don't do my job if you're not a people person you kind of can't it's it would just be if you didn't like people that's what you're doing day to day dealing with people and trying to keep everyone happy but also make sure everything is done to the best standard within that budget and sometimes you've got like 250 crew it's kind just, of just in that department yeah the number because the last thing as you mentioned we worked on a scale of a different type oh. of belt the amount of people involved in it the mm-hmm. Just the amount of outsourced stuff, the stuff made in various different countries, not just one country, but various different countries. I think it was Tired. it was over, over a thousand dresses made, over maybe over fifteen hundred dresses made, and then there are jackets and trousers. So I think in total, manufactured between here, so UK, Budapest, uh, America, probably about three thousand items were made. Yeah. And then there were nearly as much that hired as well. So it's it's a whole, I don't know how big the warehouse is that we had where we stored most of it, but it was absolutely full to the brim. Mm. Yeah, it? yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, just insane. It is pretty insane. I think it's quite amazing as well how um, you guys were quite a small team as well in the office. So there was yourself who was the coordinator, you had an assistant mm-hmm. coordinator and you had uh, two supervisors, didn't you? Mm-hmm. and you're yeah. coordinating sorry gone yeah no no I was just agreeing yeah okay <laughs> um quite uh there's only like a handful of you basically who are then sort of managing all these costumes all these people and all this logistics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to keep your kind of head screwed on your shoulders mm. is quite a task how do you manage to sort of um maintain how do I put it sanity. calm sanity yeah <laughs> sanity. um <laughs> Well, for me, I ha- I have you have to have a sense of humour about it. You have really? to not take because 
because within that because it is like this one logistically was insane because we had such a massive team a massive amount of costumes that we were moving from different locations day to day it's not like a studio job where from studio a to studio b overnight in a van you've got to take down all of those rails of costumes and all the costumes are so elaborate and massive to move all of that it is everyone is so tired yeah working really long hours anyway and it's so everyone's going to get a bit fraught so you've got to try and have a sense of humor about it yeah you you are really good at that you're good at keeping things light and positive and funny which is one of your big strengths I find we've all all of us in our team always like we love Pasha thank you so much I mean the (laughs) thing is you've also got to remember like as much as film is film and tv is an enormous part of my life and pretty much the only thing I'm interested in really (laughs) I've realized (laughs) this it's going into quarantine like oh I have no hobbies and I can't actually do anything else so this is going to be fun but it's you just have to remember like it is it is just film and tv like yeah you know as much as it is all encompassing and you're spending so much time with these people all day every day that you can forget that there's another world out there, which we're not allowed to see at the moment, but you know, whatever, we will this do. Is, this is very true. But I think a lot of us in the film industry sort of, especially because of the um, hours that we work, mm-hmm. um, kind of you do sort of become very insular and sort of forget there is a big, there's a world out there beyond our little, like for us, yeah. it was our Langley studio, um, yeah. other other places, but it is, it is great, but it definitely um, challenges you, I think, especially as, when you're dealing with so many different aspects of people Mm. objects logistics I think talking of which Mm. how did you get into the film world um well I always loved film but I never really thought of it as like something that would actually be be a career because I'm I know I work really long hours but innately I'm I'm a little bit lazy and I'm really quite sociable (laughs) so like obviously that the main things you think are Oh, well, a director, a DP or something. And then you just think, oh, God, oh, that's <laughs> like a lot of effort. Do you know what I mean? And you have to like really, really, really want it. And I could live without it. So, but what it was is I did um, creative writing at uni and I like to write scripts because I like normal speech. If I watch something where people are talking, I just think, oh, you wouldn't speak like that. This is really annoying. Stop it. Like it was just disingenuine. So I wrote a lot of scripts and stuff and then I got to like make a little film. I thought this is quite fun. Um, And then I didn't really think anything of it. And then I'd saved up money to go traveling with one of my friends after uni. She got a boyfriend, didn't want to go. And so I had a little bit of money knocking about and I saw this um, New York Film Academy was like, come and do this winter. Uh, practical filmmaking course and you get to work on actual film which is like rarely done I mean this was 10 yeah. years ago, 10 years ago. Um, oh, but so ago. so I booked it and I was I like wrote this thing and was like I'd love to do it so I went oh. over to New York <laughs> just <laughs> 23 why not um when I did that, had so much fun, bankrupted myself, obviously, <laughs> in New York City at 23, rang my mum, was like, can I come and live with Chu again? But that, but that was it, I had the bug for it, because I was surrounded by, like, my friends liked film growing up, but, the, you know, 
as much as yeah not to the set yeah whereas I was surrounded by people from all over the world one of which I'm still like really good friends with lives in Chiswick um went all the way to New York and met someone from Chiswick um yeah I know it's quite posh um and so came back and got the bug for it and but I had to have money obviously so did uh I applied for just everything just anything and everything and then end of 2011 so I got back from New York mid 2011 and I applied for loads of stuff didn't get any of it obviously sometimes I got rejections which was quite polite but most of the time she didn't hear back I was gonna say a lot of the time in this industry you don't hear anything you just yeah which I know it's a bit I'd I I like to reply I'll get I'll get stuff now and I remember how shit it felt to just be like I actually spent a long time writing that and I do really want it and yeah so I uh, but then I there was this um god everyone's gonna hate this I worked for free this was I mean yeah a lot of the younger people now don't seem yeah. to have done it no but I remember Which, that was the thing you did oh on holiday, even after I finished uni yeah. oh absolutely that's the thing you just that that's the way it was so I worked and because I was 24 23 24 um I had a car and yeah. I up uh I don't know Fiat Punto called Malcolm why not? Oh, why not um uh so I had a car and it was basically like oh you can drive brilliant and but I was working at the time because I had to have money um and my lovely boss at the Oxford Man Institute for Mathematics I was working in <laughs> HR I know it makes me sound really clever I was just working in HR um just just bouncer, um was really nice about it because she knew that's what I wanted to do and weirdly one of the women who was a PA to one of the mathematicians used to be a makeup artist oh wow really small world so they were all really happy about it and they let me basically take three weeks off to work full-time on this film and then I did and I used to work seven till three when they when this film was doing night shoots really low budget I don't want to say what it was (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it was so bad um it was very they did very dangerous things on that um I used to work seven till three on in HR and then go and work on the film for free until like midnight oh my god yeah that's grueling but I feel like those are the kinds of things people in the industry do end up doing to get a foot in the door because I think Uh, once you put in the door you're okay but to get that foot in the door is a slog well it's such a slog and then it's still a slog after to get any sort of respect or any decent money because they'll go what did you make on the last one and they could just ring that person that's the thing about this industry they could just ring that person you can't lie girl no it's a really small industry people don't Mm. I mean there's some people that are involved in making a film but it's a tiny everyone knows everyone there's like two degrees of separation between people rather than the usual six or whatever it is it's um it's pretty crazy but you had that's pretty cool though to go to New York do the film course and then get your foot in the door here and then you I think you said you started in production was that right yeah so, ba- so basically I was I was running on that one and then the PM said to me can you file I said yeah <laughs> and he said can you answer phones and I was like yeah 
I've been working in an office since I was like 15. Um, And he was like, you should be a PA. You should be a production assistant because it's a better credit. I didn't know really enough about it. So I was like, sure. And then he, so I got production assistant credit. And then I just started doing more on that. And then I was cheeky, but never sassy. Um, And said, how about because I I then was like helping out writing call sheets and stuff madness. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, And so I said, can I get an an assistant production coordinator credit? (laughs) The cheek of it. Um, And he said, yeah, sure. And then he hired me again on another job where he gave me a production coordinator credit. Um, and I worked on whatever he would give me. And then I temped, uh, office work in between and then did another course. That was it really. Yeah. Production is what I, because, because that's where I could lend my, I'm going to use inverted commas that no one can see talents, um, organization and talking to people like, you know, those are the things. So production is. But those are really important skills, though. You, I know you put them in inverted commas. But <laughs> they, are, they are like they are really important, especially in this industry, because to get stuff done and to get it done efficiently and quickly, because time is of the essence on, on these kinds of shows and productions, oh, yeah. it is a massive skill. So, and having that experience, I guess, would it have given you a kind of new perspective when you came into the costume world? You like we like why are people doing like things like this or um I mean the thing is I feel like that's that's the one question that if I was going to give any advice to anyone ever like even if you think that be careful who you say that to because everyone has their own ways do you know what I mean every there's so many things that work in such a bizarre way in the film industry that you would never find in the corporate world in HR they'd just be like you just can't do that or you don't do it like that whereas you just go okay and then you just have to try and find the most effective way of doing that and within the within the costume department the costume coordinator was quite a new role so it's been quite fun because you can kind of play with it a bit and you kind of run your office how you want to as long as you've got a supportive supervisor who's just like crack on you know yeah that's true um and it is it is interesting work going from production to working in a a, I'm gonna say it a a more creative department is interesting because when you're in production everyone around you has sort of the same skill set whether you've got more experience or less experience you've still got the same kind of outlook on things um and you do have a lot to do you know you work with every department you do but not but not as concentrated so then when you're in the costume department you realize that not everybody thinks the same way you do at all so it's really really refreshing to come in and go oh okay you don't understand why I'm doing it like this whereas at first it's like because this is just how it's done and that's (laughs) and then you go oh hang on of course you don't know like for you it's like of course you don't why would you know what my job entails because you make beautiful jewelry that, well, I make like, people put their time sheets in on bloody time <laughs> and I make sure that dress is made on time and shipped in there for that fitting do you know what I mean? it's like completely yeah they're two different but they have to work side by side mm. to kind of make this 
film or TV show that you see, because if it doesn't work, then actually there's usually never a case where it doesn't work. Everything always gets done somehow. Mm. No matter how quickly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, I want this yesterday for free. And you're like, sure. Um, it it gets done because, I mean, it, it, it has to. Yeah, it has to. It has to or it doesn't. And I think you think something, people like to make it out like it's impossible a lot of the time. We just can't do this. We cannot do this. And it's like, well, I feel like if we all just calm down, take five minutes, then uh, we can probably figure out a way to do it. And if you can't do it, then you just go, look, I can't, let's how about this solution you know you've got to offer up solutions nobody in this industry wants people coming at them with problems ever no one has time for that not one person yeah that's true because I guess also I sh- we should say that our jobs don't last they're not ma- they're not long periods of time they're mm. usually a couple of months to sometimes maybe a year mm-hmm. but they're short-term contracts so the turnover for things is pretty quick so that I guess you have to be problem solving pretty yeah. regularly um, on the daily I guess well I guess for someone like you you're definitely um, problem solving daily yeah. yeah I mean when I used when I used to work in normal offices um, I would think oh I'll leave that that thing until tomorrow because I'll be bored um, yeah. if I don't leave that till tomorrow I'm gonna have nothing to do and I, I can't do nothing but whereas in the film industry it's like I better do this now because I have no effing idea what is going to be thrown at me tomorrow? It's going to be, get me this necklace from New York now. And like, <laughs> okay. And like, you have to, unless you want to get screamed at. It's all in a loving, lovely way. Yeah, it's all very loving, I have to say. Mm-hmm. But it's a changing beast as well, because I guess also so many different factors affect a fil- the filming of a show, whether it's the weather, someone's gotten ill, um, yeah. something's happened to the funding. Yeah. There's been accident with some delivery I don't know there's so many different factors even just changing the damn schedule yeah that which happens pretty often actually in Mm. fairness every day but you have to be um you have to be flexible I think Mm. and I think people don't really understand that necessarily the kind of flexibility of something that is technically quite rigid yes yeah yeah. the process itself of making a film and a television show or a television show rather is quite a rigid yeah. There's like a, a way, a recipe to it, I guess. But there is a lot of flexibility. You yeah. do need, as individuals, a lot of flexibility to work in this industry. Oh, absolutely. If you're someone who's taken pride in producing a document that's taking you two days and then someone goes, I don't need that anymore. And if that's if, if that's going to really hurt you, don't do it. Like, no, no. <laughs> so, many of the things, so many times you do something and it's a waste of time. Yeah. because it's now what no that's changed like yeah. and, you know you have to kind of go okay it's um, true the amount of things that just uh, from a, like a out like the jewelry department for example yeah. props we make we make the volume of stuff is um mm-hmm. crazy our volume of stuff that we make but the amount that you actually probably see on screen is tiny it's and not enough have, no, it's not enough, definitely, for the amount of effort that goes into not oh, just absolutely. the but the costumes, the sets, everything. But yeah. you have to get over that. I mean, if you're um, precious about it, you mm. be upset every time you watch something and you kind yeah. of can't be like that because... That would boy, be really depressing. You can't live like that. You cannot live like that. <laughs> um, <horrible>. talk, <laughs> talking of living, we are coming to the end of this podcast, which is a bit sad. Oh, um but I did ask you about three um, either shows, yeah. theatre shows, 
films that are your favourites and I'd like to hear them, please. Okay, I will tell you three. The first two, definite, um, because they touch me in all kinds of ways. (laughs) And the third one, I, I, I feel, and I have actually noticed a little thing between them. But anyway, so the first one is Hook. 1992 I believe 91 92 Steven Spielberg which really upsets me that he is not happy with it I think it's absolutely brilliant my dad took me to the cinema to see it and it's like two hours long he read the reviews and it was like kids are going to find it too long they're not going to be able to watch it I must have been about five and I sat through the whole thing didn't say a word it's one of my first memories and then at the end I just started crying and my dad was like what's the matter and I was just so upset that it finished like I did not want that film to finish my dad was like oh I know how to shut her up now <laughs> play hook <laughs> exactly absolutely or any kind of film so that one has got a real it's now, brilliant I'm gonna ask a really dumb question I can ask yeah really... no is yeah. it is it the Robin Williams one no it's not yeah. is it yeah yeah it, it is. is okay yeah. okay thank you for that no, I really enjoyed watching that. And I remember, I think my first memory of it is watching with my dad and my uncle. And they were much more interested in it than I, at the time, was. And I just did enjoy it. No, I did enjoy it because I think I was too young to kind of appreciate oh, okay. it. Okay, and they fine. were just talking about how amazing Robin Williams was. I didn't know he wasn't a, wasn't a fan of it. <gasps> yeah, he is. He said on the Mark Hermo podcast, which I do love, um, he was like, oh, yeah, I think one of his regret films or something. And I wrote in so many times being like, no. <laughs> I have to so massively disagree because I just it was just magical and I just loved it I loved every moment of it it's silly and ridiculous and even at five I was like it's just and Captain Hook kind of looks like my dad it's Dustin Hoffman playing him he had curly hair and a moustache um I think it's absolutely brilliant like, wow yeah. so that's a nice one fucked like. and then my second one um <laughs> is I Goodfellas I'm a I I'm obsessed with that film. My partner is called Henry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just... Have you seen it? You love it. Oh, I've seen it. I'm really sorry. You haven't <laughs> seen it? No. <gasps> I know, I know. It's on my list. I know. Oh, my God. The thing is, now you work in film, you're going to be like, mm, continuity issues. Don't watch any of that. Just, it's... Just watch it's it. Just, fun. It's just, it's just brilliant. It's, I, I can't even. I just remember being like a tomboyish sort of twelve, and my dad was like, "I think it's time you're allowed to watch this." Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was fourteen. Should we bump it up a little bit? Just help him out. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just so much fun. It does glamorize the hell out of Italian American gangsters, but that's hot. Yeah, it's I think great. it's allowed I, in yeah. the film. I love it. I spent my last day in New York in the uh, diner in Queens. You had to get three. I had to get three buses to sit in the diner in Queens where Robert De Niro sat. Done. Oh. Bosh. Did you Bosh. take a photo? Yeah, yeah a photo. I've got a photo. I'll send it to you. I put on some glasses and tried to do my Jimmy Conway face, yeah. um, which I think I nailed. But whatever. Um, but yeah, so that one is just. It's just stylistic. And and when you're tomboy and 12 and your friends are watching, I fucking know what, but they were listening to Take That and that wasn't me. I was listening to Motown and watching Goodfellas. Like, it was just... It probably yeah. set... Yeah, it probably, like, struck a chord mm. with you, I can imagine. Yeah. There's strong, sassy women in it. Brilliant. Hot Italian Started men. young, did it, Pasha? 
don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I plead the fifth. And then the, the, the third film is probably um, Edward Scissorhands. Okay, now that. Yeah, you've seen. See, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Um, it's just beautiful and insane and what I've realized is that all three of them have kind of male protagonists that are, that are neither real goodies or real baddies like yeah. everyone's you know everyone's got a flaw in it all the main characters have got a flaw like Herc like he can't remember he's Peter Pan who forgets that shit but whatever <laughs> and then like Henry Hill I mean He's probably not a good guy, to be fair, but he's hot, so we allow it. <laughs> and then, you know, Edward Scissorhands, it's like it's like that quasi, it's like the Quasimodo thing, isn't it? Like what makes a monster and what makes a man? And it's I just guess, it's just beautiful. I guess this speaks to because you were earlier saying about um, hearing um, writing in on films and television, which doesn't sound realistic. Uh-huh. I guess it's kind. Of, I guess can I, I see why this these films appeal to you? Well, the, the two that I've sort of seen appeal yeah. to you because I guess there's some like the human. There's humanness to them. They have yeah. the yeah, exactly. Thing. Even within how surreal, <laughs> like pretty much all of them are really. Even Goodfellas has its surreal moments, but I think it, yeah. I think it is. I think it's the grounding humanity of the central characters that makes it just realistic and just like emotional all of it all of them and I really wanted a fucking pastel house sorry that I swore <laughs> no it's fine you can swear <laughs> but I was just like oh my god <laughs> like it's just beautiful no I, Edward Scissorhands is a, oh, is a beautiful film yeah that much I can agree with you good can you watch when can you watch goodfellas and do me a little i'd like a 500 word review all right well it's not like i've got anything better to do these days so probably we'll get one yeah please do add it to my list of things to do during the covid19 pandemic oh i forgot that was happening i'm joking how (laughs) (laughs) on that fun note i have to say goodbye to you pasha thank you for being my very first guest it's been really oh my god thank you I hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Pasha and have learned a little bit more about her job as a costume coordinator. If you want to find out more about the different roles involved in making a film or TV show, tune in for the next episode where we'll be talking to Steph Sumlikovsky, who's a textile artist in the film world. Thank you and goodbye.